0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good
1: morning, everyone. To all the mothers out there, those that are here, those that are listening to my voice, I want to send a greeting and a blessing to you. May your troubles be less, your blessings more, and may nothing but joy and happiness walk through your door. Happy Mother's Day. Today I want to talk to you about living the abundant life. Or as the title of my message is, higher dimensions of living. What does it all mean? When Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come, he said, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What does life mean? in abundance, mean to you? Have you ever thought about that? What kind of life did Jesus come and sacrificed himself, died, was buried, and he rose again, shed his blood? What kind of life did he imagine of giving us? Or what kind of life is he communicating or desiring for us to have? Is it life with fears? Is it life with being oppressed emotionally, physically, mentally? Is it life with stress and sickness and disease and poverty and lack? What do you imagine life to be in abundance? And I believe what Jesus meant when he said, I have come that you may have life, and have it more abundantly. I believe that he meant that you may have life the way God has it. The Greek word for life is zoe. Zoe means the life of God, full of life. And that's the kind of life Jesus came to give us. His life living and working through us 24-7. Amen. So, because of Christ's sacrifice, according to the Bible, we have been delivered, legally delivered from the dominion of darkness, the Bible says and from a life of slavery to the elements of this present world. That's a legal standpoint. Jesus paid the price. He shed his blood. Nothing more to be done from God's point of view or from God's side. Anything and everything that needed to be done, he's already done it. Now he's offering this kind of life to us. Amen? And the Word of God furthermore says that in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? Only some of you. In Christ means that you have been born again by the Spirit of God and God's Spirit lives within you. Amen? You have been regenerated by God's Holy Spirit. In Christ, that's That's where you are. God put you in Christ. It's not something you and I have done, it's something He has done. Not something we deserved, but something that was given to us by grace. Amen? So in Christ, the Word of God says we have been raised up and elevated to the highest place in the universe. That's where you and I are. Spiritually speaking, so that we could live and we could work on higher dimensions of faith. But as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. It doesn't happen automatically. In the natural, as we all know, certain things in life come only with age and maturity. Do you agree with that? Amen? Amen. So the same in the Spirit, as we grow, as we mature in the Lord, or as as the knowledge of God increases in us, let me put it that way, we find it easier to communicate with God and, of course, to fellowship with Him in the Spirit. It becomes a natural way of life as we grow and mature spiritually. We have a better understanding of God's nature, God's goodness, God's mercy. We have a better understanding of the way God thinks as well as the way God works. And we receive, of course, a better understanding of His purposes, whereas our life's assignment is concerned because our knowledge of Him is increasing. The Bible says from glory to glory we move, from faith to faith. God never intended for any one of us to remain stagnant in our faith because God is always on the move. He's always doing something new in our lives. And He takes us on further and further and deeper and deeper into the wonderful knowledge of His presence, of His awesome beauty and holiness. I mean, there's nothing boring about the Christian life. Hello? Religion is boring, but not Christianity. Amen? You see, everything in our new life is dependent upon knowing Christ intimately. Everything. This intimate knowledge, of course, gives us access Into higher dimensions of living, higher dimensions of working, higher dimensions of faith. Where God's goodness and kindness toward us is concerned. Our faith in God presents us and offers us a brighter future. With great dreams, great hopes that are beyond our wildest imaginations. Would you agree with that? He gives us a brighter future for us, for our children and our grandchildren. And I believe this is the will of God for every child of His. This is what God wills for you. Not for your pastor, not for your neighbor, not for somebody else, but for you and I. He wants us to live on that dimension. And I believe that most of the struggles we face in believing God for such a life is wrapped up in the lack of knowledge concerning his ways. The ways of the kingdom of God. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, God speaking through the prophet, he says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Who destroys us? Satan? No. Our ignorance... He takes advantage of what you and I do not know. And he uses that ignorance against you and I. That's what God says. So it's no good blaming somebody else or even the devil. When we are faced with situations that have nothing to do with the will of God, we should blame our ignorance. And we should make every effort because that is the greatest enemy of the Christian. Every effort to eliminate ignorance, to eliminate darkness, and discover the ways of the kingdom. He also says, God says, because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest to me. Praise God forevermore. God has made everything possible, folks. And we are very familiar, very knowledgeable of the world's ways of thinking, the world's ways of doing things, because we've lived in them for so long, and we have become so proficient and accustomed in them. Would you agree with that? We don't think twice about retaliating. It just comes natural. Somebody says something bad to you, you say something bad to him. You smack me, I'll smack you. Hello? It comes so natural. We're so accustomed and so proficient in the ways of the world. Amen? Would you agree with me? We have been taught from a very young age to rely and to trust in the ways of worldly wisdom and reject or resist anything that is unfamiliar or new to us. That's the way we have been trained. But coming into the kingdom of God, being born again, as the word of God says, we've been delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God. When we come into the kingdom of God, we're going to have to, one of the first things we need to do is unlearn the ways of the world and be educated, and be taught in the ways of God's wisdom. How does God respond? How does God think? How does God work in every situation, in every circumstance in life? Amen? That's what we need to be taught. We need to be taught. That is why I believe teaching, Sound teaching is vitally important in our spiritual growth and development. We need to be taught. We need to be educated on how the kingdom of God works. Are you still with me? Yes. And Jesus often gave examples, illustrations from the natural realm in order to convey principles that relate to how God operates, how the kingdom of God works. In the parable of the sower is a perfect example. Jesus' teaching on the parable of the sower, sows the seed. And he goes on, and parable after parable, Jesus introduces us to his kingdom and invites us to adopt his ways and an entire new way of life, a new value system by which we are called to live by every single day. This is not for unbelievers. This is for believers. This is for those who have been regenerated by the Spirit of the living God. His teachings are so radical, in fact, they are out of this world. Would you agree with me? For example, he says... Love your enemies. (laughs) Love those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Don't curse them, bless them. I I recall a number of months ago, one of our uh, members in the United States was building a new house, and next door was this neighbor that was horrible to him for no reason at all. He calls me and he complains and he says, man, this and this and this and this. I said to him, well, what are you going to do about it? He says, what must I do? I said, go with the opposite spirit. Find an opportunity and bring him something nice. Give him a gift. He found out that he likes whiskey. Well, I'm not not advocating (laughs) that... but he bought him a nice bottle of whiskey at an occasion that was appropriate and blessed him with it, his whole attitude and demeanor of the neighbor changed. Now they're friends. What if he responded the way that the neighbor responded? And so often we do that. Jesus said, bless those who bless you. No. No. It's easy to bless those who, love, who bless you. It's easy to love those who love you. It doesn't take any effort. But it takes a lot of effort to love those who hate you, who curse you. And he says, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Would you say that's radical? Would you say that's out of this world? Well, that's the kind of life that he called us to live. That kind of attitude that we should live by from day to day. (laughs) Such teaching, such approach to life cannot be received with an old way of thinking. This is where most of our problems reside. Our attitude, our way of thinking. Such a teaching, such a life, such an attitude cannot be received with an old mindset. That's why Jesus said no one puts new wine or this radical teaching into what? Into old wineskins. You just can't do it. Why? Because he said the new wine, as it ferments, it bursts the wineskins. And the wine is spilled... And the wineskins are ruined. But new wine, new radical teaching, new way of thinking has to be put into new wineskins. Well, the new wine of the kingdom can only be received by those who have a renewed wineskin. Now... Have you ever wondered what are, what are wineskins? I wondered that for a long time. What are wineskins? For a long time I heard the phrase, but I didn't understand what Jesus meant when he said new wineskins. What does it all mean? Well, I found out. You want to know? If you don't know, I'm sure you know. But uh, I found out that old wineskins refer to our old Way of thinking to our old paradigms or mindsets. It refers to the natural way of thinking and doing. It is the mindset of the flesh that is an old wineskin. That's why the Word of God says you got to renew the spirit of your mind. Amen? Amen. Scripture says that the natural mind, or the unrenewed mind, if we can put it that way, does not receive the things of the spirit because they are foolishness to him. You tell somebody, with even even believers who are babes in Christ, whose minds are not renewed, you you communicate to them this radical teaching, they won't accept it, they won't receive it. The Word of God says if you want to prosper financially, you've got to adopt a mindset of generosity. If you're not generous, if you have not learned to give, you will never prosper. Financially. Are you listening to me? The way to receive is by giving, by sowing. The Bible says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. And he who waters others will himself be watered back again. Jesus said, give, but most of us, what do we do? We expect to receive before we give. Hello, that's why we have so much toy toying around. They want to receive, but they don't want to put something back into it. Hello? And I've learned this. Getting more is not the solution. It's what you do with what you have, even if you have little that makes a difference. It's a whole new way of thinking. Amen? Listen to what 1 Corinthians says, chapter 2, verse 14, in the Passion. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Praise God. I recall when the Lord called us out of Zimbabwe many years ago into South Africa for an, an entirely new season in our life, for me, for my family. But it took me a long time to adjust to this new way of living. All I knew to do was manage a business, run a business. Now I'm called to walk in an entirely new way of life, a kind of life that I was unfamiliar with. I didn't know where my next paycheck would come from. For a long time, I recall, I mourned the death of what I had in Zimbabwe. And in my mind and in my emotions, I always long for the old because I like the old better than the new. <laughs> and then I came across a scripture. Luke five thirty nine. Jesus is speaking and he says, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. <laughs> That's what, I began to understand why I feel that way. I longed for the old. Why? Because it was so familiar. It was something I knew to do with my eyes closed. I didn't have to think. I didn't have to pray. I just did it because I knew it. I was so attached to it. Amen? You see, our natural tendency is to refuse anything that is new. That's what naturally we do. Why? Because it's unfamiliar. You don't know it. We prefer the old because we're comfortable with it. And when something new is presented to us, fears come up. What is it going to be like? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if things don't go the way I expect them? And sometimes they won't go as you expect. That means you're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to have to become flexible, adaptable, humble in order to learn to walk in the new way that God is leading you and I. That's how we grow. By being poured out from one season into the next, from the next into the next season. Changes, new things, new developments as God opens up new horizons for us. But we have to be flexible, adaptable, and not resist something that we are unfamiliar with. God has ways that you and I have not discovered yet. God has creative ideas that you and I have not touched on it yet that could make your life so much better than what it is. But if we close to it, it won't work. Amen? You see, the old kind of thinking prevents us from receiving the new wine of the kingdom. And this is the day in which God wants to pour new wine into us. New ways, creative ideas, creative thoughts, unheard of. Things that you have not even imagined or seen before or heard, fresh anointing, fresh revelation, so that you can become more and more fruitful in the ways of the Lord. You see, God speaking through Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God doesn't think like you and I do. So we're going to have to learn how God thinks and agree with him. Because the Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? You want to walk with God, you're going to have to agree with him, agree with his thoughts. Don't expect God to come down on your level. He says, come up to my level. Amen? He says, come, let us reason together. Not on your level, on my level. When you get on His level, you see things differently. You understand things differently. You perceive things differently. But you're going to have to get up to His level by the Spirit. God is not going to change His ways because we are not able to receive His ways or not able to hear His voice. Amen? He's expecting us to change our ways. Amen? You see, the natural way of thinking becomes the greatest obstacle in receiving the ways of God because God's thoughts and ways are far superior and they cannot fit into old wineskins. That's the reason Jesus said, new wine must be put into new wineskins. Listen, family, today I bring you a now word from the Lord. God the Father wants to introduce us to new things. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says, forget the former things. Put it away. Don't look back. Forget the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Why? Because I am busy doing something entirely new. Shall you not know it? It is a possibility that we may miss it. Are you listening to me? You could miss what God wants to do in your life. And miss the turn. He says... There are creative ideas, higher dimensions of thinking that God wants us to experience life in abundance. That's what Jesus meant when he said to give you life and even more abundantly. Amen? Amen. So our minds must be renewed with God's thoughts so that we can walk with him, as I mentioned. Praise God. He wants to elevate us. To higher dimensions of thinking and doing, which is foreign to the natural mind. There's a beautiful hymn that I love so much. And I pray that Siobhan will will help us to sing it together as he puts it up on the board after my message. It goes on, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. That's the cry of my heart. Plant my feet, Lord, on higher ground. Aren't you tired of living on the lower ground? having to deal with things that you shouldn't even be dealing with? Hello? You know, for example, when COVID hit, many churches struggled to survive. And one of the reasons was because they could not associate, because they only associated church with a building. And if it wasn't in a building, it wasn't a church gathering. Yes. The natural mind could not embrace this new way of communicating with God's people. It was foreign. Foreign to them. It didn't fit into the paradigms. And you know what? I am convinced that if we closely walk with God in maintaining a new wineskin, we will always be steps ahead of the devil ahead of what he plans to do because we are one with God because we think the way God thinks amen we will ride the challenges of life and there will be challenges and there will be problems God never promised us a life that is free free of problem free of suffering free of obstacles free of precious. He never promised us that. But what he did promise us is that he will be with us and he will guide us through and he will guide us over those challenges. And, 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 and if we adopt the ways of the kingdom, I believe that we will ride those challenges in life in an effortless manner as we flow In the rhythms of grace. No sweat. And I believe the Lord is leading the church into a place where He He takes the sweat out of our lives. The striving. The sweating. The fear. The anxiety. Where we live in the freedom of the Spirit. Praise God. Are you still with me? New... New wineskins, folks, are, they are open-minded. You have a new wineskin, you are open to anything. You never close anything down. You say, let me listen to this first. Some folks, they won't even allow you to go. A little, the moment you open your mouth, they don't want to hear about it. They're so closed. They're so narrow-minded. And new wineskins are always open-minded. They are flexible to new ways as we receive fresh revelation and understanding of how the kingdom of God works. Amen. You see, if you want to send a letter today to a friend, you don't do it the old way, do you? You don't sit down and write it and go to the post office and mail it and it takes three weeks to reach them? You do that. Do you do that? No. Why? Because we have discovered a better way. The internet. Thank God for technology. I'm for technology. Yes, you can use it in in an evil manner, or you can use it for your own good. There's nothing wrong with technology. The problem is with the hearts or the people that use technology. Amen. Amen. You you get on email, you you press the button and your letter goes. And God is saying to us, just as we have mastered technology and we use it every day, we also need to master the ways of the kingdom and operate in those ways. It can be done, can't it? Amen. (laughs) You know, what is a spiritually mature person? You ever thought about that? How do you classify or define a truly spiritual person? And I believe it's this. It's a person who has his mind in agreement with his born-again spirit. Spirit and soul, they are one. Agreement. And when the Spirit says something, introducing you to a new way, because the mind is in agreement with the Spirit, it doesn't argue with you. Like so often, it does. It doesn't fight with you. You, you ever have your mind fighting and arguing with you, especially when God tells you to do something? Huh? Or give something? You see, the renewed mind, the new wineskin, will not argue. Here is God saying to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only begotten son, the one you love so much, take him up the mountain, and there I want you to sacrifice him. I severely doubt whether he shared that with Sarah. He got up right, bright early in the morning. He didn't argue with God. Do you ever see him arguing with God? No, he went up there. But that's why he's called the father of faith. He trusted God, even though it made no sense. Hello? And God will tell you things sometimes that makes no sense to you. Amen? Amen? What sense do you find when he tells Joshua, listen, Joshua, I don't want you to fight. I don't want you to throw an arrow. I don't want you to do anything. All I want you to do is go around the city walls seven times for seven days. And on the seventh day, I want you to go seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout. And the walls will come down. What sense is in that? Huh? Has the Lord told you lately to do anything that sounds foolish? Do it. If you don't, you'll never see the glory of God. You will never see God move. You'll never see God take you further than where you have been. Amen. Amen. A spiritually mature person is someone who has his mind in total agreement with the Spirit. For example... If we have a financial problem, let's not go to the way of the world. Let's not do what the world... What does the world do? They go borrow, don't they? The first thing they think, I wonder if I can get a loan from the bank because I have a need. So they go to the bank. They don't even consider talking to God about it. Why? Because we're so accustomed to doing things the way the world does. So you go to the bank. Why not go to God first? Why not talk to God and ask him to show you how you get out of this situation? Hello? Why is it so quiet? And you may have to go to God again and again and again on the same subject, but don't, don't give up. Press in until you get an answer. One word from God can set you free from the world's way of doing things. God has many ways of doing things. Go to God first. In the beginning, how does the Bible begin? In Genesis chapter 1, first verse. What does it say? In the beginning, God. Go to God. If he says to you, go to the bank, then you go to the bank. But maybe he has another way, folks, which you haven't discovered yet. Amen? And God's way may not be instant, but in the long run, it is far better, far superior than any of the ways the world has to offer. Praise God. If God calls you to do something, you don't have the financial resources, go to God first. Talk to him about it. That's how we put up this building. We didn't have the money. God said, put it up. Well, I talked to God about it. He said, well, the kingdom, the way it operates is by planting, sowing seed, and reaping a harvest. So we did. We had to wait for quite a while. In the bank, it would have been instant Maybe a week. With God, we had to wait two and a half years until the harvest came in. But you see, today we're so used to doing things instantly. We don't want to wait. Amen. Married couples today, they get married, they want to have everything. Hello? I remember my wife used to sew her own dresses when we got married. We waited. We planted, we waited, we planted, we sowed for years, 46 years. But now we've reached a place where we experience freedom in that department. When we want to do things, whatever it may be, refurbish a kitchen, buy a new car, bless our children, we don't borrow we don't live by our salary. We live by the principles that God has taught us over the years. And my brother, my sister, they work. I'm a living testimony of that. Some of you have tried it and you said, ah, I've tried that, doesn't work. Well, your experience cannot change the Word of God. Hello? Hello? Praise God. Listen. Knowing what I know today, as well as what I have been experiencing all these years, I don't believe, you cannot convince me that it is the will of God for His children to slave away, to strive, to sweat, just to make ends meet. And I'm talking about financially. Because many, many are in this boat. Not just a few, but many. Many are restricted to do what God called them to do because of this restriction. Lack. I don't have the money to do it. I don't have the money to go there. I don't have the money to travel. I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money to bless somebody. And I don't believe that is, that is the will of God. Yes, there may be just a season where God is trying you, but hey, it cannot last forever. And today, what are we experiencing? And I'm talking about the majority of believers. Strive, sweat, work, pay the bond, feed the family, pay for schooling, have nothing left over for anybody else. Month by month, living from hand to mouth. Is that is that the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? I don't believe it. No. God has something far better. We have to discover it. And we have to walk in it. Folks, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm, 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 I'm presenting you a better way. Stay with it until it stays with you. Stay with it until it works for you. Amen? Don't say, This doesn't work for me. It's the Word of God, it's the truth. It will work if you work with it, if you believe it. Amen? There is definitely a higher dimension of living and working, and it's all wrapped up in the ways of God's kingdom. And it is for us to discover those ways and adopt them in our own lives. Amen? Praise God. You have a problem with your marriage? Don't go to a marriage counselor that's been divorced three times tell you what to do. Fix your marriage. Don't go to a financier that is bankrupt telling you how to prosper financially. Hello? Go to God. Talk to Him about it. Lord, I've got this problem in my marriage, I've got this problem in my relationship, whether it be a marriage or some other kind of relationships, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to sort this thing out? How can I restore what is broken and wait until you hear? When my marriage was in trouble, I didn't go to a counselor, I didn't even go to my pastor, I went to my prayer closet. And I cried my heart out to God. And you know what God did? He pointed me to the cross, even if He had to give me a vision. And He said, Embrace the cross, die to self, your marriage will be restored. And it did. Hello? Talk to God about it. God wants to have a a heart-to-heart conversation with you about anything and everything that concerns you. Because if it concerns you, it concerns the Lord. He cares about you so much. And He has an opinion about every little detail in your life. About your children, about your work, about your financial situation, about your marriage, about your children, everything. He wants to have a relationship with you where you can sit down and talk to him, and he will listen to you and he will talk back to you. Jeremiah 29 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. God doesn't want us to remain indifferent about Him, about the sacrifice that Jesus paid. He wants you to actively engage with God in the Spirit and have a life with Him. It's far beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. Praise God. Where am I? Again and again, whenever I went to God for wisdom. Yes, and let me say, it's not easy. Sometimes was, you know, I would receive something and I would question it and I would go back and, 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 and at one time I said, Lord, can you, can you give me confirmation by doing this and this? He said, you're old enough now. You don't need confirmation. Here is what my word says, trust me. And then he says, if you as a father, your son comes to you and asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? Did you ask me for this? Yes, I did. Now, why are you doubting that it is me talking to you? Huh? We doubt. Yet you ask God for that specific thing. He gives you the answer and you still doubt. Don't you believe that he heard you? That's what he said to me. He said, if you being evil or natural know how to give good gift to your children, how much more will I give you wisdom and understanding and spirit, if you ask me? When you ask, believe that it is God speaking to you. He may give you a thought, just a thought. He may not say anything. He may bring somebody across your path and he would say something and you would know in your spirit that's the answer you've been seeking. Listen, folks, God does not want you to run here, to run there, to ask this one, to ask that one of their opinion. He wants you to go to him directly because Jesus opened the way for you and I that we could have. Come boldly, he says. Not crawling, not begging. Come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need, whatever that need might be. Hello? Praise God. So many things come to mind, so many testimonies in regard to this, to what I'm sharing with you today. And I have learned this, folks. Decisions decide wealth. The decision to follow God, the decision to go to God first, the decision to adopt the ways of the kingdom will make you a wealthy person. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally. But decisions also create poverty, lack, and misery. Hello? Praise God. Praise the Lord. I recall the days, in you know, the Lord wants me to share it again. Maybe some of you haven't heard me share this testimony. 1980, fear and panic all around in Zimbabwe. Independence, government changed. The political climate was tense. Fear all around, especially from the white folks. Friends, dear friends of ours, close friends of ours, sold their buildings, sold the houses next to nothing because they were motivated by fear and left the country. There was a major exodus out of churches, out of communities. The pressure was on to do the same. Fear, uncertainty, what's going to happen to us? Rumors were going around that spread only fear and anxiety. But I decided to go to God first. Go to God first. Lord, what is your will for me, for my family? It took me three weeks. And I went to God regularly, knocking. Lord, I'm not moving until I hear from you. I, I refuse to be moved by fear to this day. You cannot move me by threatening me or scaring me. I'm not afraid of anything. And after three weeks, the Lord spoke to me through his word. I have learned, folks, to value his precious written word. Genesis chapter 26. And I still have it so marked in my Bible and the day he spoke to me. He said, Stay in this land and I will bless you. I did for an extra 12 years. And those 12 years were the most profitable, the most blessed years of our married life or our family life. And in those 12 years, God used that time to lay a foundation beneath our feet spiritually and financially, that carried us even to this day. What if I had decided to go the way of the world? Would I be here today? I I sincerely doubt it. Your decisions will make a difference in your life. Amen? Go the way of the Lord. Seek His face. And I have learned, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. To you it seems right, to the natural mind, but that leads to death. Dear family, listen to me. We need to study and meditate the word of God. And I keep on saying that over and over again. Sometimes I wish that I could split heads open and pour this information inside. Study the word of God. Dig deep into it. And become flexible. Become familiar with the ways of the kingdom of God. Learn the way God thinks and walk in them. Reject the old. Dig deep into the Word that you may obtain revelation knowledge and understanding of God's ways. As we do that, I believe that all of us will become the kind of people God called us to be. And by your life and by your example of faith, you will bless many people. They will look at your life and they will want to have what you have. Amen? Refuse to compromise your values. And this is where you're going to be tested. And sometimes severely tested. Refuse to compromise. Stand strong on what you have been taught. On what the Word of God says. Don't give in to pressure. Continue in those things you have been taught. Hold fast to them. And Paul said to Timothy, not only you will save yourself, but you will save those that you have influence over. Amen? And I want to close with this scripture. This is the principle that I live by, that I I endeavor to daily walk with this principle. This is what it says. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean unto your own understanding. In all your ways, not some of them, all your ways, acknowledge Him, seek Him, and He shall direct your paths. He will direct you. The Passion says, trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. Don't be opinionated. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision you make. Let's stand.
0: As we were singing the song, I saw a picture in my mind of me just standing with my arms up like this to my daddy God. I want the way that I relate with God. And um, when he did so, I could see from his perspective. I could see over. And what it reminded me of is on Friday night something happened. I went to go and watch my daughter sing in a choir. And after her performance was finished, she came and uh, she wanted to see the next choir that was going to perform. And she came and she was standing at the back. I was standing in the very last row so that I could stand and see. And uh, she came in, and she, I said, come come here with me. And I picked her up, and I wanted her to stand on the chair in front of me. But, of course, as soon as she was, did that, she felt no one was looking at her, but she realized that people could see her standing above this crowd of hundreds of people. And she didn't want to stand, and so I put her down, and, and she looked up, and she says, why did you pick me up? Very embarrassed, because in front of everybody, her father picked her up. But I want to, what the Lord whispered in my heart and why He reminded me of that is because if, if, if you pray the prayer that we've just sung about, I want you to know you're going to stand out. You're going to look different. And if you are not okay with that, you will, want to see, you will stay on the lower level. You will stay where you are. If you still need people to approve of you, if you don't want people to look at you and think you're doing things in a different way, if you're not comfortable with that, you will not be able to go to the next level. And I believe that this today, I mean, you can play the song again if you want to, but maybe that's maybe what I've just said has rung a chord in your heart today. Maybe you're concerned about what people will say if you begin to do things differently. Maybe you're concerned about what your parents will say, what your family will say, what your friends will say, what your boss will say, what your children will say. I want to say to you, if you want to go up to a higher plane, you are going to stand out. You need to be ready for that. And if you believe in your life this morning, if you feel that that is a stumbling block for you, as we conclude now, uh, we're going to pray for mom and dad as well. Don't leave here until you've come and you've prayed. Through. In fact, it's just before we pray for mom and dad, just, let's just give a moment. Siobhan, you can play again. Lord God, I want to thank you that you truly do call us up to higher ground. You call us up to a place, Father God, which is where you are. Our daddy God, you lift us up and you want us to see things from your perspective. Your perspective of victory, of life, of grace. And Lord, sometimes we're so concerned about what those around us may think or feel. We're so concerned about what we may look like or other people's eyes on us, Lord God, that we're hesitant. And Father, if that's in our hearts today, Lord, would you please forgive us? Lord, would you give us the grace and the boldness to consider that being with you and having your perspective is of more value to us than anybody else's perspective or opinion. God, that you are willing to lift us up is the greatest blessing and gift anyone could hope for. It is what this world is truly crying out for. And so this morning, I want you to pray with me. Say, Father God, I stand before you heart open wide, arms open wide, and I give you permission to open my heart and my eyes and to lift me up to where you are. I say in your presence that to be with you and to have your perspective is of more value to me than the opinions of men. Please, Father God, set me free from every fear, from all anxiety, and from all insecurity in Jesus' name. That I may lay hold of that for which you have laid hold of me. Eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.